Today, you know, we have a three-day weekend. You know, Memorial Day started out May the 30th every year. But they changed it now so that we can get a three-day weekend. So, uh, but anyway, Memorial Day itself is very important. It's something that we as Americans really need to celebrate, to think about. I'm going to read something here in just a minute that uh, I had kind of found, and I, I, I do want to share it with you because I think it's very important before we really get into the message. And, uh, but, uh, you know, memorial, whenever we have a memorial, what are we doing? We're remembering. That's what memorial is. It's a remembrance. Like if, if, if when we have someone that passes on and goes to God and we do a memorial service, that is doing a service in remembrance of that person. And things about their life that uh, we'd like to share with others that maybe things they didn't know. But if, if you're just remembering that person, how special they were and what they did. So that is kind of... What Memorial Day really is, it's a remembrance of all of our men and women who fought for the freedom that we have that didn't come back home alive. You know, there's many that were sent back home, and there's many that never made it back. And we really need to be so thankful in our heart for what these people have done but uh, I want to start out here <clears throat> Memorial Day is a day that is set aside to remember and honor all our men and women who have given their lives to protect our land and keep us free they've given their lives we, we also celebrate what we call Veterans Day these are the people of the armed forces that fought but they came back Memorial Day we're celebrating the lives of those who did not make it back. But what they did for us. They gave the most precious thing they had for our freedom, and that was their life. And uh, Memorial Day began as a day to honor our Civil War dead. But after World War I, it was expanded to include all those who died from all the wars in which America was involved. According to History Central, they kind of keep up with the history of the wars and different things. According to History Central, our country has fought in 13 wars, counting the Afghanistan War. In every one of these wars, we have asked the young people, the young men and women of our nation, to be willing to give their lives in the name of of freedom. Our freedom. You know, we are a lucky, lucky nation to have the freedom that we have. So many nations, if you would just watch, they have no freedom. They're told constantly how they're going to live, what they're going to do, and how it's going to be by their government. I'm not sure if ours isn't going that way. But uh, in every one of these wars, we've asked the young people of our nation to be willing to give their lives in the name of freedom for us and other foreign lands. You know, we fought a lot of foreign lands to help those people still remain free. 
The sacrifices that these men and women made, we can never repay them. Just stop and think about all the young men and women and what they had given up for us. They've given years of their life and time away from their families to serve our country, which they loved. Many that did come back are physically disabled. They're missing one or more limbs, maybe. They gave their time and they gave parts of their body for us. You know, it's so sad when you see these people that have come back out of wars, maybe they're walking, you know, with two artificial legs, artificial arms. Some of them not walking at all, they're in wheelchairs. They did that for us. And they need to be remembered, you know. Many will be physically disabled the rest of their life. And many have been mentally disabled resulting in them being unable to handle things from day to day. They say, I had a brother-in-law that was in the Vietnam War. He kind of got involved, too, with some of that Agent Orange. That, now, that really affected him. There's a lot of things that he just... He really changed when he came back. He was not the same person when he went than when he came back. Mental disorder, he began to drink heavily. And everything else. I mean, it was just, it took a toll on him. And it's done that to a lot of people. But they gave everything they could give for us and our freedom. You know, it says, <clears throat> and many thousands have given the ultimate sacrifice, their life, so that we can continue to enjoy our lives living safely in a land of freedom. We can never begin to understand what they went through and what, and what many are continuing to go through. All because they love this nation and the freedoms that we take for granted every day. How many of us really do take our freedom for granted? How many really never think about it? We've always been free. We need to be so grateful to our God for what he has done in our freedom through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You know, we can never begin to repay these men and women or their families for the sacrifices that they have made. You know, just to say, you know, thank you, that doesn't seem enough, does it? We owe these men and women so much gratitude and thought that each and every day we ought to pray for these men that did make it back that are physically and mentally unable to go through life like they once did. No legs, no arms. Their mind is not working right. The things they've seen, the things they went through affected them and will affect them from now on. Pray for them each and every day that they can return to as normal as they possibly can. Their minds to be able to, to do the things they used to do even though they may, only, even though they may have the artificial legs or arms 
Some of these men, I will say, have really overcome some of the difficulties that they have, have uh, been through. It, I love to watch it on TV when I see them playing basketball, running track, and everything else that they have the artificial legs. They didn't let it stop them. We wake up with a runny nose and we can't even get to church. We need to be so thankful that we have the freedom of coming to church. Y'all, do y'all know what it was like there for just a little bit that you could not come to church? Probably none of us never thought about it. That's a freedom. That's a freedom, a God-given freedom. And we need to appreciate it. We need to be thankful for it. We need to take advantage of it. We need to be in God's house, giving Him praise, giving Him glory for the freedom that He has given us through His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to read a scripture here. And this is Jesus Christ speaking. And it covers a lot of these men that I just talked about. Men, women. You know, there's a lot of women that gave their life too. A lot of women. Used to it was just men. But now it is men and women. A lot of these women want to be just as involved in our freedom as the man does. They want to do their part. The scripture, John 15, 12 through 14. This is Jesus speaking. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Jesus said to lay down your life for your friend. Jesus described this as a great act of love. What more can you give than your life for someone? Many, I've heard the stories over in the, in, in the wars and things, how many of the young men gave their lives to save their friends. I've heard of them and heard, heard their friends talk about how somebody, y'all heard it too, how they would fall on a hand grenade or something. They would take the punishment. They would take the death so that their friends didn't have to. They loved their friends. They thought so much about them. They gave their self for their friends. And who is better to understand the very gift of self-sacrifice and love for a friend than our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ Himself? He gave His life for us. And who, like I said, who is better able to understand what these men have gone through than Jesus Christ? Look at all that He went through for us, he took our punishment upon himself so that we wouldn't have to. Just like many of those men took the punishment so their friends didn't have to. They laid down their life for a friend. Think about what Christ has done 
Just think about it. How many of us really sometimes, until maybe we do a sermon on it or something, how many sometimes just sit there and think about the love of Christ, how much He loved us, and what He did for us? Many times we don't even think about it. We'll go all week long. May not even pick up our Bible and read it. You know, that's a freedom. There's many people, they're fighting, they're wanting to get their hands on a Bible in some of these countries. And they can't do it. Because that country, that government, will not let a Christian person in that country. They'll kill them. And many people are struggling. I want to read the Bible. I want to see what the Bible says. I want to read that Bible. I have, I'm, and I don't think I'm exaggerating, I have probably 10 to 12 Bibles on the stand there by my desk. Different versions. Some of them, many of them are the same version. Most of the time I use King James. But sometimes I'll go to another Bible just to get a baby. Sometimes King James, sometimes somebody's a little hard to understand in some of the ways it's, it, you know, they, 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 they say it. And I'll pick up another Bible and see what they're saying. It's saying the same thing, but it's saying it more or less how we talk today. It's a little easier to understand sometimes. But many of these people would give anything in the world to get their hands on a Bible. You know, like I said, have you ever just really thought about what Christ has done for us, His people? He willingly humbled Himself and came to this earth and became God in the human flesh. He became, they said you shall call Him name Emmanuel. Emmanuel simply means God with us. God was with us walking in the flesh. Why did he come in flesh? So we could see who God was. We could see God's love. We could touch God's love. And so many people, the way they treated our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But that's why he came. He came to take our punishment. He came to save the world. Not, he said, I did not come to condemn the world, but I came to save the world. No, He didn't come to condemn us. Well, then why do we go to hell? Because we condemn ourselves. Christ doesn't condemn us. We condemn ourselves by the way we act by what we speak, our thanks, our thoughts, our actions, we do it to ourselves. God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. I had people ask, well, if, you're, if your God is so loving, why does He send people to hell? I said, God does not send people to hell. We send ourselves. We have instructions from Jesus Christ how to live what to do to keep from going to hell. Matter of fact, Christ preached more on hell in the Bible than he did heaven. Because he created hell. And he knows what it's like. He created it for the devil and his demons. 
He didn't make it for man. But we, the way our actions, our thoughts, and just the things that we do is what sends us to hell. Unbelief in Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten sons so that whosoever shall believe upon Him should not perish. Should not perish. Perish simply means to be separated from God for all eternity. Should not perish, but have everlasting life. See, God wants us to have everlasting life with Him in heaven. He don't want us to go to hell. Matter of fact, we read in the Bible that, that, that he is not slack or slow about what he's doing. He hasn't come back yet. No. Why? Because he wants everybody that possibly will to come to him in repentance so that he don't have to send them to hell. But there's going to be that day that he is coming back. And I just have to ask you, are you ready? Are you ready if he came back right now would you go to heaven? You better be honest with yourself. Because once he comes back, you better know. But God humbled himself. And then during his life on earth, he set the greatest example. He showed us how to be a servant. Can you believe God himself came to serve? A king came to serve. His teachings about his father. Praying for and healing all those that was in need. You know, I don't think I've read a place in the Bible yet where he neglected anybody in need. Lepers, some of the biggest sinners there ever were when they came to God, what did he do? He forgave them. He forgave them. Look at the thief on the cross. Just moments to live. And if that thief hadn't confessed his sins before Jesus Christ, he would have been right with the other thief burning in hell. We have that moment. We have that chance. It's best that we take it. People, oh, I don't believe all that. Oh, man, I tell you what. That day that they stand before God and they step up before Him, they open up that book. He looks in it and He shakes His head. And He has to look at them. Depart from me. You workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Will he say that to any of us? Or will he say, Welcome home, good and faithful servant. I know what I want to hear. But everything that God went through, or Jesus, God, went through on that cross, he did it for us. You know, I don't know. You know, I, I think about what Jesus went through. Jesus was willing 
to be falsely accused by the Pharisees and so forth. He was lied about. He was mocked, made fun of, laughed at, spit on, physically beaten, abused, and convicted for crimes that he did not do. And you know he didn't have to do it. But he did. I love that song. He could have called 10,000 angels to pull him off of that cross. But he didn't do it. Some people, you know, thank you, you don't say No, it was not the nails that held him to the cross. It was his love for you. That's the only reason he stayed on the cross. He could have come off that cross at any time. 10,000 angels he could have called. But he didn't. He didn't. He loved us too much. Finally, think about it. Jesus submitted to the most horrible death of slow suffocation while hanging on that cross. Most of the time, that's how they died was suffocation. As they had to just put all that weight, the lungs could not expand. The lungs could not breathe. They died of suffocation. And the Bible said that not one bone in his body would be broken, and they wouldn't. Most of the time, when it was time, they would have a big hammer or a big club. They would come along that cross, and all those guys hanging on it, they would break their legs. So that they couldn't stand, they would have to put the down, and they would suffocate. But there was not a bone to be broken in Jesus' body. And God fulfilled that. There was not one bone broken in Jesus' body. He was on that cross. They even pierced him with, with, a, with a spear. He said, blood and water gushed out of him. Maybe, oh, he just fainted. Yeah, right. Even those Roman soldiers pronounced Jesus dead on that cross. They'd seen so many dead people on that cross, they knew when a person was dead. The soldiers pronounced Jesus dead. He didn't just swoon and pass out and faint. No, he died for us. He died for us. You know... In Romans 5.10, I like this here. It said, now for the most amazing part of all he did, he laid down his life for us. Not after we'd been saved. Not when we loved him or anything else. He laid down his life for us while we were still his enemies. He died for us. Us hating God. But he died for us. That's love. That's his love. Look at Romans 5.10. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. We were still enemies. We have not accepted Jesus. We were enemies to Jesus. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. He saved us while we were enemies by his death on the cross. And we look at love. 
We talk about these soldiers, these men, and these women that went over and fought these foreign battles. They fought it because they loved this country, they loved this nation, and they loved the people. They were willing to die for us, just like Jesus was willing to die for us. Here in, in, in Colossians 1.21, it says, And you that were sometimes alienated or against and enemies in your mind by your wicked works, yet now he has reconciled. We were his enemies. We were wicked. We didn't want nothing to do with God. We didn't ask God to come die for us. But that's how much he loved us. I don't care if they're my enemies right now. I don't care if they hate me. I'm going to die for them because I know one day there's going to be many that will come to me. He loved us. Jesus brought us back into God's favor by his shed blood and death. Jesus took all of our sins on himself. He took punishment that we deserved. That's what we were talking about a while ago. Many times those soldiers took punishment to save another. Now that is love. That is the love of God for us. You know, in the verses a while ago we read, it said, Christ himself said that there was no greater love among men than to die for a friend. How great is the love that would cause Jesus, the Son of God, to be willing to die for an enemy? Would you die for an enemy? I don't think any of us would. You know, especially one that wanted nothing to do with us, who rebelled. To see these enemies, they rebelled against God constantly. Look at all these Pharisees. They never said anything good about God, about Jesus. They constantly rebelled, putting Him down. Didn't want anybody to believe upon Him. But Jesus, He never gave up. He kept preaching God's Word to man. He still goes about today. And even in these countries that Christianity allows, it still gets in there. You know, they said, in the Bible it said that he will come back when the word has been preached throughout the world. It's getting awful close right now. Just think about it. You've got your missionary. You've got TV. You've got shortwave radio. You've got computers. You've got Facebook. No doubt where that goes. Uh, I mean, but you've got all, so many utensils and so many things now that gets God's Word all over. A lot more so now than what we used to. Satellite flying around up there, sending out those signals that, that, that places that never once before could even pick up a signal on a radio or nothing else. Now they can. And the Word of God is, is coming across it. God is going to see that His Word goes across this world. 
I'm sure there's still a few places, maybe they haven't heard it. But there's not that many anymore. And eventually, they will hear it. You know, it, uh, we, uh, that love God's God, what is it? Uh, it's, it's called what? Agape love. Agape love. Which simply means the God kind of love. It's not like our love for each other. But it's a love for God. It's a love for God that we can't understand. We don't understand that kind of love. I love my wife. But you know God loves her more? He loves us. Look here at Romans 8.39. It says, God gives us a look. At, here it says, in Romans 8.39, it says, He gives us a look of God's love. Not height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. He separates us. God's love is too strong. He's done too much. He's died on that cross. He's completed. You know, that's what I like. It says in there that at the last moments, Jesus said, Father, it is finished. What? Everything that God sent him to do, he finished it on that cross. It's finished. He completed it. He did it. And the thing about it, he's not coming back again to die on the cross. He's coming back to take us home. Ephesians 3.19 says, And to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. We cannot, that's what I said, we cannot hardly begin to understand the love of God. It says that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. To be full, filled with the fullness of God. To be, have, love, have God's love. To have His compassion in us. To love as God loves You know, when God sent Jesus Christ to this earth, it was an act of love. He sent his own son that he would die for us, he would suffer for us, he would be humiliated for us, he would be tortured for us, he would take our place he would become our sacrifice so we wouldn't have to go through it. That's love. That is love. So yes, Christ understands love. He understands what many of these soldiers, these men and women, went through. And so many of them, he was there with them. Many of the soldiers knew Jesus Christ. Many of the soldiers, Psalms 91, says, 
said that they, they called that the soldier's psalm. They would cut out that psalms and carry it in their helmets. They depended upon the love of God to be with them. Whatever took place, their trust was in God. That's where our trust ought to be. So, on closing, on this Memorial Day weekend, let's remember all those who gave their lives for us and be thankful in our heart for their service. Just, just stop and just thank. And thank God that he put men and women on the earth like that that would give their life for us. And let's remember our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and all that he's done for us so that we could be saved from the eternal punishment of hell by forgiving our sins. And then with love for all Jesus has done, for the love that he has done, May we tell others about Jesus' love and all He's done for us and hoping that they will also choose and accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I'm going to ask the band to come up. And if you're here today, and you need to make a recommitment, Lord, I've neglected you. I hadn't read my Bible like I should. I hadn't prayed like I should. Lord, touch my life. Change me to where I become your servant. That I read your word. I get into your word. You know, the Holy Spirit was sent to us. And he said that he will bring remembrance to us for all that Jesus said. But for that Holy Spirit to even bring remembrance, you've got to know what Jesus said. Get in the Word. See what Jesus is saying. And get that down in your heart. That way you're always prepared when somebody asks you about Jesus. Why do you serve Christ? He says we should have an answer. Do you have an answer? I'm going to ask the band to play. And if you need to come kneel at the altar, please do it. If you need prayer, I'll be glad to pray with you. Let's pray right now. Father God, as we come into your presence, this Memorial Day weekend, Lord, I thank you right now for all the men and women that gave their lives so that we could be free. So that we could have the privilege of coming into your house and worshiping you, loving you, hearing your word. Lord, thank you for all you've done. Lord, I'm asking a blessing upon each person here and those that couldn't be here today. But Lord, you'll touch them. Lord, that you will just do away with this coronavirus going around. And Lord, and may this world know that it was you that did it. May you receive all praise and glory for saving the world again for your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we give you praise and I give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen.
فراموش کنند راش بعد باید لازمش که بعد کنو هیش تو پی واتر This America was founded on the Word of God. Let it get back into our lives and get God back in our country. We, take, we, we took him out, not you. You didn't leave him young. He was asking. But Lord, there's so many now I want you back. Lord, step back into our lives and show more change. We can have through you. And I pray you say in Jesus' most holy and wonderful name. Amen. I'll see y'all next week. Oh, oh, uh, remember, I come up here on Wednesday. My little Wednesday sermon is put on what they call Spotify. Now you can go, like on your iPhone or iPad, to your house. Go on Spotify. It's free. Just download it. All you have to do is just hit that, you'll hit a message. It's totally personal. We're going to try to get it to where it'll be live also on Facebook. So, but anyway, God bless you. Y'all have a great Memorial Day weekend. But remember, Jesus loves you. Amen. Amen.